0: Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Welcome, family, to my favorite Sunday of the year, Pentecost Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. I know some of us like Christmas and others of us like Easter, but this is my favorite for a reason. Going to talk about it here just for a few moments today. Before we do, I want to, um, I want to let you know that 18 years ago today, I said I do to the woman of my dreams and the love of my life. <laughs> yeah. She's actually homesick today, and so I'm going to ask you just to agree with me in prayer for her healing. Father, I thank you that your hand is upon Olga today, that you are healing her, every part of her being, restoring and strengthening her today. I send forth your word of healing over her life. I'm also declaring as the pastor of this city, not just this church, but this city, that in spite of what's happening right now in downtown Aurora, there's a celebration going on, but we are celebrating something far greater the outpouring of your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit. So one more time, I send forth the word of holiness to the city of Aurora, the word of righteousness to the city of Aurora. I understand there are things that we want to be proud about, but Lord, you resist the proud. So God, I send forth your Holy Spirit to draw people back to you. And I thank you, God, that you will be glorified in this city in the surrounding cities in this state and in this nation once again can i get some redeemed people to take them over right now and declare we will be known for our righteousness we will be known for our holiness We know not what we stand against, but what we stand for. We stand for the kingdom of God. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Somebody lift up a sound of praise just for a moment right now. As we speak to the kingdom of darkness and say your hold on this city is losing, even today. And the kingdom of God is advancing across the city of Aurora. This city, I declare, let it become more aware. Let Aurora become more aware of your presence. Let our families and our neighborhoods, come on, somebody just lift your hand for a moment to declare with me. Let this surrounding community become more aware of what God is doing. Let them become more aware of their need for the Holy Spirit in their lives. Let this, let this area, the families, the, the homes, the, the businesses, the schools, let them become more aware of what they really need. Let's experience an outpouring of your goodness. Over this community, hallelujah! One more time, say, Let us become more, more aware of, your of your presence. Let us experience. Let us experience the glory, the glory of your Come on, if you believe that with me, are you ready to become so much more aware, more aware of his presence, of presence. and experience? Glory of His goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Who came here today expecting greater things? Come on, I just came expecting greater things. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You know, uh, if I may, I, I prefer greater things. Okay. Coffee is good. Can I get amen? Coffee is good. Amen. But I'll tell you what's greater. Iced coffee with extra caramel, extra sugar, cream for $1.50 between 2 and 6 p.m. Come on, somebody. Greater things. Comes fans in the house. Comes fans in the house. Comes are good, baby. White socks outside are greater. Hallelujah. Religion is good, but Jesus is greater. I prefer greater things. Somebody put your hands together and say greater things. Amen. Amen. Woo. All right. All right. It's all good. Let's show some love for our praise and worship here today. This team that loves the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to share with you a, a, almost a dream that Moses had that became a prophecy. One time where the spirit of God is moving in the book of Numbers and a Two of the elders were not a part of this move of God at the moment, but they were still prophesying. And Joshua was like, what's going on around here? And Moses was like, don't be jealous for me. Okay, here's what Moses actually says. It's, it's his dream. This is how he says it in Numbers chapter 11. He says, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. Moses' dream became a prophetic word that he put forward. And that prophecy became reality on a greater day. Acts chapter 2 tells us as Peter stood up, he said, this is what was spoken about by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, here it is. Here's Moses' good dream becoming the greater reality. God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. I love verse 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Someone say greater things. Greater things. Greater things. I prefer greater things. Moses had a good dream. The spirit being poured out was a greater fulfillment. What Moses prayed for, asked for. It was on this day of, of Shavuot. If you're familiar with the term of Shavuot, it's, it's Hebrew. We refer to it in the Greek as Pentecost. Yeah, That's how we know it. Shavuot, you hear me use this term a lot. See, I don't know what you know about God, but God likes to party. It's okay, okay. I don't know why you think church has got to be boring and tight and, 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 and just troublesome and wearisome. I don't, I don't, you don't read your Bible. God threw seven parties a year because he knows how to party. And I promise you, when you get to heaven, it will not be a liturgical, boring church service for eternity. God is going to throw an eternal, perpetual party <laughs> in heaven. That's what it is. Woo! hallelujah. I'm excited some of you right there. Oh, praise God. I don't want to be bored forever. The truth of the matter is that in these parties that God would throw, my favorite happens to be this one, Pentecost. And I'll explain why just for a few minutes. Here's why. Okay. Literally, Penta, as we know, means 50 or 5, if you will. 50 days removed from the Passover, Pentecost. 50 days removed from, from Passover. And it really was a massive celebration that went on. It was a celebration of the harvest of everything that God had done. We're celebrating taking in the harvest of all that God has provided for our lives. Now, Shavuot is one of those three, of the seven festivals, three times a year, God would command all the men had to come back to Jerusalem, come back for the celebration. Of those seven main festivals, or seven festivals, the three of them were, were main, and they had to come back and celebrate in Jerusalem itself. Now, here's what's so awesome about Shavuot. The Bible tells us that it was a holiday for all men, all women, all children, all free, all slaves. Anybody who owned and anybody who lost, Shavuot becomes this celebration for every one of God's people. And according to the law, even if you were a slave, there was no work to be required of you. <laughs> here's why I love this so much because Shavuot in the Old Covenant was a foreshadowing of what was going to come for every one of us who were slaves to sin that we could move from our servitude to a different master and this master doesn't look at us as slaves anymore he confers on us the identity of sonship Shavuot becomes a type and a shadow of what God was going to do for all of us this is why they would celebrate even the slaves wouldn't have to work because it was a celebration of the freedom that was going to come. Now, you know where I'm going with this. Something significant happens on that very first Shavuot. In Exodus chapter 19, the Hebrew people have just come out of Egyptian bondage, of Egyptian slavery, and Moses has them led by God, led by that cloud, by that that fire, led to this mountain known as Mount Sinai. I want to pick this up just for a moment this profound and significant event that happens at the very first Shavuot. Exodus 19. On the morning of the third day, someone say third day. That's always significant, ain't it? There were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke uh, of a clan, and, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai at the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up. Now, here's what happens next. If you know your Bible, Exodus 19 gives way to Exodus 20. And God himself begins to speak and give the Ten Commandments to the people. Now, this is really the first time that we have in recorded history where God audibly speaks to an entire nation of people. Loudly. Audibly. So all can hear what he is saying. And he gives them the Ten Commandments. As we know, that he is the Lord God. He is one and beside him there is no other. And we're to serve only him. And we know the list of commandments that God gives. But I want you to see what is even more important than what is happening at this moment as God begins to speak from Mount Sinai. It's the people's response to hearing God speak. Here's what it says in verses 18 of Exodus 20. It says that when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. The people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off. They removed themselves as far as they could from the presence of God. Hmm. So the day that God shows up to give them the Torah, the law, the people tremble, and they stand away. I got it. He's holy and I can't touch it. But in fear, they remove themselves as far as they can from his presence. Now, here's what I want you to see. This verse here in Exodus 18, Exodus 20, verse 18. I don't know how to read Hebrew, but I got it for you in Hebrew because I want to give you the literal translation of what was going on. Okay. Can you, we got that Kayla? literal, there we go. For you Hebrew scholars, obviously you know which way you have to read this right to left. Here's how it reads literally, okay? All the people saw the voices and the torches and the sound of the shofar. On the day the law is given, all of the people hear the Lord's voice, but it actually says voices. Jewish tradition says that when God spoke, because we're a multitude of different nationalities present, when God spoke, his voice went out into multiple languages and all heard him in their own native tongue, okay? And then it also translates, not lightning, but torches, f- fire, if you will, fire. They, 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 they solve, see, I, I don't know about you, I've never seen sound, okay, But these people could see the voice of God coming to them as a tongue of fire. And then ultimately, you know where I'm going with this, the sound of the shofar. So there's voices, there's fire, and there's a sound of the blast of air. What does that sound like? You Bible geniuses in the house know exactly what I'm talking about. Now let me draw some parallels just for a moment. These beautiful and yet profound parallels between When God gives the law at the first Shavuot in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost when God gives his spirit. Firstly, both events, they occur on a mountain. Mount Sinai when God gives the law. But the upper room in Jerusalem, the lower half of Jerusalem was actually on the top of Mount Zion. It was elevated. God gives his law and his spirit from a mountain place experience second thing both events happened to a newly redeemed people literally that exodus marked the birth of the nation of israel and pentecost as is recorded in acts chapter 2 marks the birth of christianity not when jesus dies and resurrects but when his spirit comes down there's now a new and living way Hmm. how about this both events involve god's people receiving a gift The Israelites received the Torah, or the law, if you will, in Exodus. And in the new covenant, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. These are the parallels. But I want you to see how much greater, because I love greater things, this new covenant is. Check this out. In Exodus, literally, 50 days after the Passover lamb was slaughtered, God gives the Torah at the beginning of a covenant. And here there are, there's voices possibly in different languages. Again, there's fire and there's the sound of, of the blast of air. Fifty days, here, here's the greater thing. Fifty days after the Passover lamb, Jesus, the lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the earth. Fifty days after Jesus is slain, what ends up happening? God gives the Holy Spirit as the beginning of a new and better Covenant. And again, there's voices in multiple languages. And again, there's fire, literally cloven tongues, of fire sitting on top of their heads. And there's the sound of the blast of air, the sound of a mighty rushing wind. That fire at Sinai, it was visible to everyone. But it was one fire visible to all. What's greater about the book of Acts, that's Shavuot. Is that the Holy Spirit comes down and fire is visible on every one of them. Greater things. How about this? Greater things. At Mount Sinai, the people literally stand away from the fire out of fear. They're afraid of God, so they stand back in fear. But what happens in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit comes down? That fire comes down to empower the witness of those men who were terrified in that upper room at one time. At Sinai, God wrote the law with his finger. On tablets of stone. Ooh, but that greater, that greater covenant. God puts his law in our minds and he writes them on our hearts. Hebrews chapter 8, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Someone say greater things. How about this? In both events, there's a mixed multitude of people that are present. Men, women, slaves, free all sorts of different races, all sorts of different languages. That word Torah, the word Torah itself, that was given at the first Shavuot. Torah means, literally, to guide, to teach. That's what it means. God gives them the law to guide them. God gives them the Torah to teach them. But that greater day, That's Shavuot when the Holy Spirit comes down. The Bible tells that the Holy Spirit is the one in John 14 and in John 16. He is the one who teaches us reminds us of what jesus taught us and ultimately he's the one who leads us into all truth he guides us into all truth see what the law could only do what the torah could do is it could change me on the outside but god needed me to have something greater the one who could change me from the inside out the holy spirit's given on the day of pentecost lastly here's why it's greater The greater covenant. The Israelites left Egypt for 40 days after Passover. They come to this mountain known as Sinai. Here's what happens Moses himself, he goes up to the mountain to see God. 10 days later, he comes down with the Torah, and the Israelites, check it out now, the Israelites break the covenant that God made with them by falling into sin. And the day they break that covenant, 3,000 people die. The day of Shavuot, 3,000 people die. That's that covenant. This is why God is into greater things. Because on that same day, same month, 1,500 years later, what does God do? He's He literally calls Jesus up from the mountain, Mount Olives. He calls him to the higher place, and ten days later, he sends down his Holy Spirit. And where fifteen hundred years before, three thousand people die because of sin, because the Holy Spirit is sent on the day of Pentecost, three thousand people are saved and brought into the family of God. Because God had greater things, greater things. Some would say greater things greater things. See, on both occasions, Shavuot becomes the day when heaven is opened up and God comes down to claim his people. Now, what I'm going to say next is going to sound blasphemous, so make sure you listen. Listen. Having Jesus was good, but the promise that he gave us That was to come was. I'm about to zone this pastor out because I don't like what he's saying right now. Having Jesus was good. But his promise of what was to come was. I can tell when people get turned off when they don't read the Bibles. Because think about it, how many times did Jesus have to tell his boys over and over and over? He says something outrageous just like this, but very truly I tell you, it is good for you that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. How is it better without Jesus? I'll tell you how, because I'm going to send my spirit, and my spirit's going to partner with you. And together, you and my spirit will do greater things. Someone say greater. He says it like this in John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. It's good that you've got Jesus, but something greater was promised us. Jesus said, I can't stay with you. I gotta go back to daddy. But if I go to daddy, someone greater is gonna come and he is gonna be with you. Me, Jesus, I can be at one place at a time but my spirit will be upon all of my people. Male and female. Slaves and free. Young and old. All about people will experience my spirit when he's poured out. Greater things, greater things. See here's what I need you to know. I'm not doing greater things than Jesus. I'm doing greater things through Jesus. I can do all things, the anointed One, the Messiah, I can do all things through Christ. Not greater than Jesus, greater through. Greater through. I can do greater things because he went to the Father. And that meant his spirit was going to come. The advocate, the helper, the one who's going to empower me. Do you understand that that's really the primary purpose for the Holy Spirit? Someone say the primary purpose of sending his spirit is empowerment. Empowerment. Someone say empowerment. Now say it like you actually believe it. Empowerment. Look at your neighbor and say empowerment. Now look at the other neighbor you really like and say empowerment. This is the whole reason for sending his spirit. Empowerment. Now now listen to me. Listen. Listen, 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 listen. I don't mean empowerment in the terms that many people want the Holy Spirit and they pray for the Holy Spirit. Empower me to follow Jesus. Empower me to live holy. Empower me to overcome my sin. Empower me to overcome my struggle. Yes, that's part of what the Holy Spirit does. Absolutely. But there's a greater. There's a greater empowerment than just your personal need. Think about what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, go and wait in Jerusalem for the endowment of power. And what does he tell him that power is gonna do? He says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You'll receive this power, and you will be empowered to be my witnesses. You know I'm not sitting around condemning what's happening in downtown Aurora right now. Because I don't want to be known for what I'm against. I want to be known for what I'm for. I'm for a move of the Holy Spirit who will set the captives free, who will liberate the oppressed, who will save the lost, who will heal the sick. This whole idea of the Holy Spirit coming upon us isn't just so I can feel better about myself. That's partly what he does. But the greatest reason for the power is the disciples could not be witnesses and make disciples of their own power. We were singing it earlier, not by my might, not by my power, but by your spirit's And Jesus knew these guys are going to cower. They're going to fail. They're going to quit. They're not going to see this thing through without empowerment. So he says, go and wait and be patient, but understand something greater is coming. And the day that the spirit of God came upon them, they were now fully empowered to do what Jesus had commissioned them to do. Understand, understand the Holy Spirit comes for the whole purpose of something greater. Christianity has labeled it the great commission. Something greater. Jesus says it in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Literally what Jesus is telling them right here. I have all power. I have all authority. And I'm going to give it to you. And once you have it, you will be able to go and witness and make disciples and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. You can't do this by yourself but by my spirit you'll be able to do it and i'll be with you every step of the way because my spirit will be upon you and within you so what happens then the day of empowerment acts two now we can finally get there hallelujah i've taken the long way around when the day of pentecost i love how king james says it: when the day of pentecost had fully come someone say fully come When the day of Pentecost had fully come, the believers were all together in one place. Come on, believers. Come on, believers. Let me just, by the Spirit of God, let me just speak to you isolationists out there. You don't read your Bible. I can tell you don't, because if you think it's all about you and your time with God, you've missed the whole reason for the Holy Spirit to empower you anyway. They were all together. They were, if you're a believer Do not isolate yourself from the rest of the body. This is where Satan operates the best. When you think you can handle things on your own. When you think you are more holy and more righteous and more sanctified than everybody else. So I can't be around the commoners. What did Jesus do? The only time he isolated himself was to pray. And seek God for empowerment to go back to the sinners and the lost and the religious and keep healing and saving and preaching the kingdom. My God, I'm living in a generation where people don't understand what the Holy Spirit's really about. You think you know him because you pray. You think you know him because you fast. You think you know him because you talk about it. But you don't know the Holy Ghost if you're not out there spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't understand what you've been empowered for. When the day of Pentecost fully come and they were together in one place, suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. Hear now. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And what happens next? They leave the upper room and they go out into the city, to the community. And they start preaching what they have received. And this is the first time that Jesus' Messiahship is now proclaimed openly. Anytime demons tried saying that this is the Messiah or someone starts saying Jesus is the Messiah, he'd tell them to be quiet. But now that the Spirit of God has come, now the witness is empowered and enabled to let everybody know that this Jesus, whom you crucified, God has raised from the dead and made him Lord. I'm living in a generation where people don't understand the Holy Spirit at all. You think He's all about your goosebumps? You think He's all about your personal experience that you get on a Sunday or when you're at home praying? You've missed the move of the Holy Spirit. You don't get it. He's more than just giving you chills and making you feel better about yourself. He's more than just convicting you of your sin and righteousness and judgment. He's more than just leading you and guiding you into all truth. That's what he does within you. But the empowerment is for this world. This this empowerment is to reach your neighbors, reach your loved ones, reach your family, reach the city of Aurora. This is why the Spirit of God has empowered us. Am I doing all right? Am I doing all right? Oh, pastor, I like it when you tell me what the Holy Spirit does for me. Not what he wants to do through me, what he does for me. And this is why some of you, no matter how spiritual you think you are, you're doing nothing for the kingdom. Yeah, you talk a good game. I hear you. Righteous and praying and seeking God. Big deal if you're not changing anyone's life for the kingdom of God. Oh, man, pastor, he's coming hard today. I like last week's message better, Jesus. The Spirit of God is here to convict us of not just our sin, but of our righteousness. And if you really want to live right, you need to understand it isn't just about you. It's about who God is trying to reach through you. I got it, you're struggling in sin, but God wants to bring you out of that sin so He can use you to bring someone else out. I got it, you're bound by depression, anxiety, worry. You've got bills, you've got trouble, you got fears. God, by his spirit, wants to bring you out of your depression, out of your worry, out of your anxiety, bless you and provide for you so you can show somebody else. Look what the Lord has done. I got it, you're sick. I got it, you're troubled. I got it, you've got the diagnosis. God wants to heal you. So you need to rise up and tell somebody else, my God is a healer and I'm empowered to tell you what he can do for you as well. The whole primary purpose of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is empowerment. It's empowerment. It's empowerment. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, you know what I love about that? That tells me that God's timing is always perfect. When the day of Pentecost had fully, I know I don't know why some of you keep trying to make things happen on your own power, in your own time. You've got to know that God has a perfect timetable for everything. You just got to learn to trust that he knows what he's doing. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, and the Bible tells us this, verse 2, suddenly, suddenly, They had been patient for 10 days, waiting, doing what they were commanded to do, go and wait. Can I speak real quick to the people in this room? You're in that 10-day waiting period. You've been obedient to what God told you to do. He said, go and wait. He didn't say, go and preach. He didn't say, go and teach. He didn't say, go and lead. He didn't say, go and sing. He said, go and wait. Learn to trust me in the process. Go and wait. And look what happens as they're waiting. Verse 2 tells us, suddenly, suddenly. I'm just prophesying to somebody's 10-day waiting period. There's a suddenly that is coming to your life. 10 days for some of you has turned into 10 years, but suddenly something can change. Ooh, 10 days, for some of you, has turned into decades, but suddenly your attitude can change. Suddenly, your marriage can change. Suddenly, your finances can change. Suddenly, your outlook can change. Suddenly, your fear can change. Suddenly, your hopelessness can change. Suddenly, your depression can change. Suddenly, your, 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 I don't know I'm going to give up. No! Suddenly, God can move in and change the things around you in such a way that you start to believe I can do all all things through Christ who strengthens me. Suddenly, suddenly, the Spirit of God shows up. Suddenly, your sickness can be healed. Suddenly, your anxiety can meet His peace. Suddenly, your fear can meet the power of the Spirit of God. Suddenly your sin can be overtaken by his greater grace. Yeah. Suddenly. Anybody in need of a suddenly moment today? I just, I just need a suddenly moment. I've been waiting. I've been patient. I've been travailing. I've been praying. I've been hoping I need a suddenly moment today. My family needs a suddenly moment. My money needs a suddenly moment. My children, my marriage, my life, my neighborhood, my my job, my, my business. I need a suddenly moment from God. Suddenly everything can change. Just like that. Let me finish with this. God pours out his spirit. The disciples walk out of that room Empowered. Literally speaking in languages they don't even know. What do we see? Voices. Not just one language, but voices. They all were speaking different languages. We see fire. Fire that is upon them. This empowerment now of the Holy Ghost. And literally the Bible says it was sitting on their heads. Sitting on their heads like fire. People could see it. They could could recognize it. Just like at Sinai. And there's that sound of air. This mighty rushing wind, the Spirit of God, empowering His people. Can I tell you this? God doesn't waste His Spirit. Let me say it again: God does not waste His spirits. Tells you who aren't listening: God does not waste His spirits. Every time there's an empowerment of the Holy Ghost, it is meant for a divine task. Every time the Spirit of God starts moving in one of our services, there is a task attached to the move of His Spirit. It isn't just to see you set free. It's so you can walk in freedom and lead others who are bound into freedom as well. Believe me when I tell you, it doesn't make any sense any sense to experience the power of the Holy Spirit and then have no interest at all in the Great Commission. It makes no sense. Send your spirit, God. Send your spirit, God. Holy Spirit, I want you. I need you. Holy Spirit. Why are you asking for the Holy Spirit if you're not interested in the greater commission? For what? For what? Here's what I want to say to everyone in this room today. The Holy Spirit doesn't show up for just no reason at all. He shows up to further the kingdom of God. So if we're asking, send your spirit. Then what we're really asking is send me out. I need to know if there's anybody under the sound of my voice. who just wants to give yourself to the glory of God and say, Lord, have your way in my life. Your will be done. Your greater will. Who am I speaking to here today? You know there's a greater purpose for you. There's a greater plan for you. There's a greater... Who am I speaking to? Come on, who am I speaking to right now? The Spirit of God is, is ministering to your heart and your mind. We're not going to just ask Holy Spirit just fall upon us so we can speak in tongues and fall on the ground and and have an awesome experience. The Spirit of God is coming not just for the experience but to empower our witness. So when I get ready to pray this right now because I'm going to pray, send your spirit. Understand he's going to empower you to send you. So whoever I'm speaking to right now I want you to stand your feet and raise your hands up high. This is me. This is me. It's hallelujah. Hallelujah. This should be every Christian. I'm just telling you, this should just be every Christian. Here's why. Here's why. Because there's nothing greater than the Great Commission. There's nothing greater. Your family isn't greater. You love them, but they're not greater. They're not greater. Okay. Yeah. Yes, they're your first ministry, but they're not greater. They're not greater. This church, I thank God for it, but it's not greater than the Great Commission. The calling on my life is good, but it's not greater than the Great Commission. My God. My God. I'm trying to get you to see by the Spirit. What are we really praying for? Send your Spirit for me or send your Spirit to send me? To every hand raised. Holy Spirit, we are understanding that the infilling of the Holy Ghost is for more than just the gifts. The infilling of the Holy Ghost is so the gifts can be demonstrated to an unbelieving world. A lost and dying generation. This is why you send your spirit. It isn't for me. It's to send me. 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 I am not negating the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, child of God. I believe right now as I begin to pray I believe the Holy Spirit is going to meet you where you are. I do. I believe he's going to convict you. I believe he's going, to, he's going to deal with you. I believe he's going to empower you. I believe he's going to help you. I believe he's going to deliver you. I believe he's going to instruct you. I believe he's going to guide you. It's what he does. But you've got to understand. Well, the reason we are asking for him isn't just for ourselves. It's because he's got a greater. Someone said, greater. A greater commission for your life. Greater. Greater. He's wanting to send you. So for whoever this is for, if this ain't for you, I got it. Keep your hands at your side, but this is for you. Get your hands up high. Holy Spirit, as I ask you to fall upon us, may you do so in such a way that we understand why you are empowering us, why you are here, right now holy spirit just like at sinai just like in the upper room god is coming to claim his people and empower his people so all over this room we're asking send your spirit 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 send your spirit, send your spirit. Send your spirit. In fact, I'm going to ask you not even to pray this for you. Pray this for the person standing next to you. Pray this for the person in the row behind you. Pray this for the person at the back of the room, the people on the stage. Come on, say, send your spirit. Believe with me right now. Send your spirit, Lord. Send your spirit. Send your spirit to the young man who's, who's not even... Even conscious of what God is doing right now. Send your spirit. Send your spirit right now to the hurting mother who is confused and broken Send your spirit. Send your spirit right now to that person who is struggling with sin. Send your spirit, God. Send your spirit to the self-righteous Pharisee who is sitting there thinking he knows better. Send your spirit right now, God. Send your spirit, God. Send your spirit, God. Send your spirit, God. Send your spirit. God, send your spirit. Send your spirit Send your spirit. Send your spirit. And may we recognize right now all over this room, it's not so I can just feel better about myself. It's so I can be empowered to bring your presence, to bring your love, to bring your joy, to bring your victory. The greater commission a greater commission Holy Spirit you are empowering us now empowering us now for a greater purpose you are empowering us now for a greater plan empower us now for the greater commission my God my God my God come on people of God today let's receive the empowerment right now let's receive it now Let's receive it now. Let's receive the empowerment now. we got a city we're going to win. We need need this power. We've got neighborhoods we're going to see sanctified and set apart unto God. We need this power. We've got family members who are still struggling. We need this greater power so they can be liberated. I know there's somebody you've been praying for. So right now pray, God, send your spirits. Send your spirits. Send your spirits. Send your spirit, Lord. Send your spirit, Lord. Let me just ask one question. Are you ready to be available at God's disposal? If that's you, I want you to come out of your seat and just come down to the front. You say, I want to be available at God's disposal. I'm making myself available. Come on, come on. All over this room, come on, 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 come on. yes. Not by mind, not by power. By your. Come on, man. Your, say, it's not by, not by my power, but by your Spirit. Send your Spirit, God. One more time, we say, not by my, not by, not by power, but by your Holy Spirit. Send your Spirit, God, not by my, not by, not by power, by your Spirit. Send it out. The Bible tells us that there were 120 that gathered together. 120 that waited for 10 days. My father was telling me the other day that there were over 500 people that actually saw Jesus ascend. Saw him go up. Before he went up, he told them to wait in Jerusalem. Over 500 saw him go up. How many were waiting 10 days later? 120. 120. Over 500. You know the math. The bottom line is simply this. God's going to keep his word. Can you keep yours? Can you keep yours? Can you keep yours? Even if he makes me wait just a little bit, there will be a suddenly moment that comes. And he will keep his promises to me. And he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. You came, you came to this altar today because you said, I want to be at your disposal, no matter what. So my time is raise your hands to heaven. Heavenly Father, right now, all over this room, we are saying, I am yours. I'm available to you. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to go wherever you send me. I'm willing to minister to, wh- to whomever you put in front of me. The man might be drunk, but if you want me to love on him, I'll love on him. That person might be homeless, but if you want me to minister to them, I will minister to them. They might be a different skin color than me, but if you need me to reconcile to them, I will do it. Maybe they hate God. Maybe they're an atheist, but if you send me, God I will go. I'm at your disposal. I'm at your disposal. Your will be done at all times, in all places in my life. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.